and welcome to NCBI Labs. So you're very welcome to this week's live event from NCBI Labs. We're motoring on through the year and can you believe it? We're only a couple more shows before the end of the year, which will just nicely bring us up to our 60th live event, believe it or not. Now with us this week, we have Daniel Dunn. Good to have you with us, Daniel. Good afternoon, Jude. How are you keeping? Yeah, not too bad. You know, Daniel, there's always a little bit of a risk when you're first up in the introductions. You yes. kind of got away with something last week. <laughs> I feel like that was necessary. <laughs> oh man, Very good. No I don't think anyone's going to escape that going forward, is there? <laughs> there's no end to his talents, is there? No. <laughs> incredible. No. Oh man, I feel like I shouldn't start that again. <laughs> good to have you with us on the show anyway, Daniel. With us on Thanks the show as well this week. Yeah, no worries. You got the music piece anyway. Yeah, yeah. I still can't do that with with JP though. So I I think we'll just have to introduce JP as the artist, occasionally known as PJ. It's JP Corcoran. So good to have you with us on the show as well, JP. Oh, not good. Thanks very much, dude. I'll, I'll take that introduction but, uh, over <laughs> the repeated uh, music of JP. <laughs> do you know if it was so, PJ? I don't that. think I could get used to calling you Paul John though. <laughs> I, I'd struggle with that. <laughs> I, I don't think I, don't, I wouldn't. I wouldn't know who you're talking about then. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, well. But uh, good to be here, and uh, yeah. I'm glad I managed to escape that um, piece, Jude. Yeah, I, I might put in a request. <laughs> <laughs> a special request. Ex, <laughs> long version. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've got the kind of name I always get away with those sort of things, but then I, I think that, and then somebody just comes out with "Hey Jude," so it's kind of. Yeah, there's there's always the <laughs> throwback to that. But uh, yeah, good to have our regulars with us on the show this week as well. We, we plan to have a, a few guests with us on the show as well. We're just having a couple of technical difficulties, but hopefully we'll get our guests on with us very shortly as well. The subjects that we're talking about today, not too long ago, we spoke about some of the various apps out there to do with the weather. It probably would have been hard for us to be honest to uh, hold our heads high as a self-respecting Irish podcast if we hadn't covered the weather at some point in one of our shows. So we're kind of, we're doubling down on that a little bit today. The difference being that on our last show when we talked about the weather, we were talking about the usability of some of those apps from the end user perspective. Well, today we're going to be talking to the experts, hopefully. <laughs> so in, a, in just a few minutes, you're going to be hearing from uh, Evelyn Cusack and Joanne Walker about the new weather forecast podcast from Matt Aaron. Later on in the show, we're going to be talking about the various different types of glasses out there that offer a, a bit more than usual, such as the Envision glasses or the OrCam MyEye device. And we'll be particularly focusing on that one on the OrCam as we chat to Fergal Foley about his experience using the OrCam device. We're going to have our regular sections, our tech news and tech tips as well, which we might start with in just a moment, actually. And uh, so there's plenty overall in our show today to uh, to catch up with. But just before we get started, just a reminder of how you can get in touch if you have any questions or comments throughout the show. There's the two main options. You can contact us by using the question panel on Teams, or you can just email us at labs at ncbi.ie. So there's the two ways you can get in touch with us. So let's go maybe straight into our uh, tech 
news this week and uh, there's a little bit of information or a few little changes with regards to um, credit and debit cards. Sometimes they can be a little bit of a problem, especially if there isn't any kind of embossed numbers on them as a, a tactile kind of signal. But MasterCard are introducing something that might help that. Daniel, tell us a little bit about that if you, if you can. Yes, indeed, Jude. Um, MasterCard have uh, recently announced that they are coming up with a, a more accessible card designed, uh, which is aimed at um, blind and partially sighted people. It's going to be called the Touch Card. <clears throat> and I suppose what they've looked at is a couple of effective ways, um, you know, to, for people to determine whether they have a credit card, their bank or debit bank card, are some of the newer prepaid cards out because when you're picking them out your wallet as was at speed and you're conscious that you're trying to move through the checkouts um you know trying to find am i putting everything here on credit card or my debit card um can, can be a bit of a struggle for some people so what they're going to do is they're going to put these on a system of notches i suppose on the side of the card so as you're picking it out um you know a credit card will have a round notch um, yeah, it'd be a square notch going over your standard bank card, and if you have one of the prepaid cards, which some people uh, use as well, they'll have a triangular card. So you kind of um, give you kind of give uh, service users that extra assurance um, yeah. that that they that they are using that, that they are using the credit card at the you know when, when it comes to tapping or even going to the ATM or whatever. So. Um, yeah. Hopefully we'll we'll see these cards now, um, you know, become widely available in the not too distant future. I'd imagine, um, you know, you might be wondering when am I going to get this card? Well, if you know your card expires in March 2022 or September 2022, the chances are you might get one of these um, uh, improved cards uh, sent out to you uh, as normal when they update your card every couple of years. So. I think yeah. that's, um, you know, it's it's something good. Uh, it's nice to see these companies thinking about solutions and bringing them in and, you know, making them available uh, to service users. So Absolutely, a yeah, big thumbs yeah. up to MasterCard on that one. It's a funny one, isn't it? Sometimes it's like, actually, that that's such a simple solution to it. And you yeah. kind of think, how come that <laughs> hasn't happened before? It's such a simple one, but it sounds like it'll be really helpful. Yeah, yeah, it's like one of those. Why didn't we just think of this twenty years yeah. ago? <laughs> Whoever thought of that should be getting a yeah. promotion anyway. That's just nice and simple. Yeah, exactly. And 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 doesn't it speak to you um, that like, isn't it often the simplest solutions are the best ones? Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah, yeah. You know, it's something like that you yeah. could always harp back to. Um, you know, so fair play to them for. Um, implementing this and, and um, going to roll it out. I'm sure plenty of service users out there will be excited to see that one come on board. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, it's it's really good. And it's it's great when there's stuff like that as well. I think I'll find that useful as well. You know, you're just <laughs> yeah. trying to find the one the right way around. Going to regard you're having a blank moment and it's kind of, yeah, it'll be, uh, that'll be universally uh, accepted, I think. People will be happy so. to have that. Yeah. What we might do is we'll we'll move straight into our tech help as well, if that's okay, yeah. Daniel. If you hold on uh, there as well, Just, what what have we this week for tech help? Um, so in tech help this week, right? Okay, a popular uh, issue that people will find um, is when they get a um, an Excel or a Word or even a PowerPoint document and they go to open it, 
and it's in a thing called um, protected view. So um, what, what, why this happens is it's a little bit of security, I suppose. Um, Microsoft Office might determine that the file could have come from an internet location, an unsafe location, or even if it came through your Microsoft Outlook and it was an unfamiliar sender, an unsafe sender, and the attachment then, while you can still open it, um, you just won't be able to input anything on it unless um, you get to the enable editing button. And the reason to do this obviously is for security, just in case there's uh, and an malicious contained within the file. So this is, I suppose, Microsoft being proactive. But yeah. for someone who might get caught out with this now and again, um, you know, saying, oh gosh, um, this is in protective view, what's that about? Um, well, that's what it is about. So how you can get out of it then is obviously get your screen reader or to focus in on the document and then use your F6 key uh, where we move the focus around to the information bar. And once we land on the information bar, uh, we're going to use our tab key once and that will bring us onto the enable editing button and you can activate that enable, enable editing button with your space bar. So, um, so that will that will um, allow you then to go in and make changes to the document. Maybe it's something somebody has sent you and you have to add bits to it. Um, so uh, that will that enable editing button will allow you input there uh, any work that you have to do on that and obviously save it and send it back. Excellent. Yeah, very good. So a handy way to get around that. That can be a little bit of a an issue if you can't uh, find a way to to enable that. Yes. So that's great. Yeah. Yes. Yes, indeed. Yeah, very good. So thank you very much for taking us through our tech help and our tech news this week, Daniel. Appreciate that. Yeah. So we're going to come back to our main uh, subject that we talked about, and I think we've overcome our technical difficulties. We've had uh, Paul, John, Paul in the background working away. I'm not sure which way to call him now. John, Paul, Paul, John, it's one way or the other, we'll, we'll, we know who we're talking about anyway. He's been working away in the background. I'll, I'll accept I them think, all, dude. <laughs> so yeah. long as it's some combination of John yeah. and Paul, then we're exactly. okay. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, you're right, you, we, we do have Bill Evelyn and uh, Joanne joining us. And just, just to um, let them both know, they can press star six to either mute or unmute their microphones. Brilliant, thank you very yeah. much. Uh, jump off. So that's great to, to have that. So um, as we mentioned, our first kind of main piece on the show today, we're going to be talking to the experts when it comes to weather and you can't get much more expert than our guest today. We're delighted to have with us on the show, Matt Aaron's Head of Forecasting, Evelyn Cusack and Senior Meteorological Officer and probably more important for the subject that we're going to talk about today, the website and app manager, Joanne Walker. So you're both very welcome. Good to have you on the show. Hello, yeah, I'm here. Nice to talk to you. Great. I'm so relieved to hear your voice, Evelyn. <laughs> <laughs> There's always just Is that Joanne moment. <laughs> I think Joanne's with Is us Joanne? as well. Yes, I'm here. Okay. Uh, very good. Good stuff. So good to have you both with us. So tell us just maybe just to start the conversation a little bit. The idea of forecasting in Ireland, a country that's so wet, um, interested in the weather, is being a forecaster, a, is it a blessing or a curse? Um, well, obviously a blessing, you know, it's a great job. Um, 
I joined Metairn in 1981, and there hasn't been a similar day since, really. Okay, yeah, yeah. sometimes we get it, we get into fine weather, but you know, even I can make a fine day sound bad <laughs> because uh, fine weather. I can I can give you, you know, that's a risk of sunburn and this hay. Yeah, yeah. Thing. <laughs> I, so, you know, name any day and I can I can find the danger in it. <laughs> I tell you what, the pitfalls of being a weather forecaster, I tell you. Yeah, I, yeah. It, must, it must fill your heart with dread when it has to be. Maybe the, maybe the news people don't want to hear of a weather front coming in and you have to tell everyone there's more rain on the way. Well, we, we do get given out to if we call dry weather fine weather because not everybody thinks of dry weather as fine, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. So uh, dur during the summer, the farmers and gardeners are often looking for rain. Yeah. So we have to be very careful not to be too subjective. But, you know, after after a month of wet, windy, cool weather, I think you're entitled to say some nice weather on the way if it is going to settle down. So you should Absolutely. use your judgment, really, you know. yeah. You get to deliver the good news as well as the bad, and even if the yeah. the uh, audiences yeah. might judge that a little bit differently depending on what it is. Yeah. So tell me just a little bit, just getting into the idea of actually the the forecasting, the, to a degree, the science behind it. Even we're at the point where short term forecasts are are pretty accurate these days. So why why is that? Why is it so possible and so sort of straightforward? If that can even be explained in a in a straightforward way, why they can be I so accurate? Know. I know it can. I mean, in a pre-scientific era, I mean, people just looked out, I was going to say looked out the window, looked out the cave, yeah. you know, and uh, <laughs> you see some clouds and they, they tried to link things, you know, if there was a red sky and then at night and then um, sometimes that's followed by a fine day, but not all the time. So like they were sort of seen trying to connect patterns and that sort of thing. And then if you lived on the coast and you looked out to sea and there were crashing waves, you know, that's definitely the yeah. sign of the storm out at sea. But yeah. um, I suppose modern uh, modern scientific forecasting began in uh, 1859, believe it or not. The, the first real life weather observation was transmitted by electric telegraph from Valencia Island. Oh, well, uh, yeah. So, yeah, so uh, yeah. it was a fantastic network of stations across Ireland since the uh, late, 18, late 1800s. And I guess that's, that's called climatology, the average in weather. And that's how we know the weather is changing, the climate is changing because yeah. of our long-term stations. But, um, but closer to home, to answer your question more directly, there's been fantastic advances uh, in the 1960s, well, actually the Second World War with weather radar, believe mm. it or not. And then in the 1960s, you had satellites which are yeah. basically joint cameras in the sky looking down at the clouds over the ocean and tracking the clouds as they're heading in France. And then, of course, the big breakthrough really are computers. That's when everything changed. Yeah, so that's made all the all the difference in the kind of short term accuracy. Where where does that accuracy well, drop off a bit? Sorry, uh, no, but the, the reason why computers are the game changer is, you know, um, Weather is just the movement of air due to the rotation mm. of the earth on its axis and the movement around the sun and the unequal heating at the poles and the equator. So we know the, the laws of physics that govern those, but um, 
you need to do an awful lot of equations to describe the movement of air because each molecule of air is its own mini weather system. So that's why it's only really in the era of supercomputers that you're talking about billions and billions of calculations per second. But again, your 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 question is, you know, how come it's good for one or two days and not good for five days? Well, this actually was summarized a long time ago by a mathematician, physicist called Edward Lorenz. I don't know if you ever heard of him, but okay. he describes chaos theory. And in yes, a nutshell, yeah. but what chaos theory means, if you just listen now, when the present determines the future, but the approximate present does not approximately determine the future. Now, what that means is, the present is the weather today at this moment in time. Yeah, so all yeah. our weather stations measure the present weather. So to tell the future weather, you, you, you apply the laws of physics to project that on into the future. But the, yeah. the point, Jude, is that we don't really know the full present weather because we only have, there's only 10,000 stations around the world. Well, that's yeah. weather, well, that seems a lot. As I said, each molecule is its own little mini weather system. So we only know the present weather approximately. And then when we apply the laws of physics, errors creep in and, and get wider and wider and bigger and bigger. So the 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 um, most accurate at the moment is up to about three days ahead. And that's why we issue warnings now for three days ahead. I mean, 10 years ago, we, we only issued, issued warnings for one day ahead. So yeah. there's been a huge, if you like, revolution. So three days ahead, Three days ahead is not bad with warnings and with weather forecasts. And for a week ahead now, it's not not too bad either. Compared to when I started off um, uh, 35 years, over 30, how many years? Near 40 years ago. Um, you know, as I said, you had an idea for tomorrow. But now we have yeah. a good idea for a week ahead. And that's due to improved yeah. observations, satellites and computers. And just kind of bouncing off that, what you're saying there, does that kind of imply then that as the computer technology continues to get better and the observation of what is present, as you say, is more accurate, then that that'll kind of that'll extend out another little bit. And we might be talking about four days and five days of accuracy. Yeah, good man. Yeah, yeah, that's that's you make an excellent point. Uh, Like computers will continue to improve, but it, it is going to be limited by chaos because we'll never know, we will never ever know exactly the weather at exactly every point in the atmosphere. But we continue to improve. And um, METERN, for example, has what we call a high resolution weather model. So we calculate the weather every two and a half kilometers. And again, that doesn't seem a lot, but the very early, early models in the early 80s the weather was calculated every 30 kilometers. Now, you know, there's a lot of weather in, the, in between here and, and here, you know, 30 kilometers away, isn't there? Um, <laughs> so the, yeah, so the Metairn model, we calculate everything every two and a half kilometers. And that's why the Metairn app is, is the most accurate for Ireland, because it's a high resolution model that is calculating. Whereas the ones you get free, you know, available commercially, use what's called a global model, and the points are maybe that they're excellent. I'm not saying they're not. Yeah, they yeah. Calculate the weather ten to maybe fifteen kilometers apart, and that's why each national mess service in each country develop their own high resolution model. So France has one for France, Ireland has one for Ireland, 
Portugal is one from Portugal, etc., etc. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that kind of makes a lot of sense as well. We we were talking about those apps as we mentioned earlier in the in the show. Um, we yeah. we did a, a a bit of a show on that, and they they are as you say they're they're kind of great, and what they do is very good, and it's very good. Um, we were talking about obviously the accessibility element of those, but there is that kind of drawback as well. So it is it is really useful to have the local sampling as well. well so that's where yeah. the Earn app yeah. does it, isn't it? Yeah, and Joanne, as you, as you rightly say, she she is uh, running the whole uh, Meta and website and apps and doing a mm. lot of developments and working on the accessibility uh, yeah. with many new features this year and many more planned. Brilliant. Yeah, very good. We might bring Joanne into the conversation yeah. at this point. Um, so maybe Joanne, um, can, can you talk to us a little bit just about the app, um, particularly maybe just to start with how accessible it is and, and welcome again to the show. Thank you. Uh, yeah, exactly. So the, the measure and app uh, is certainly accessible and it's used by people with all the levels of sight loss. Uh, the app has, so your app or your phone has screen reader software and for example on iOS it has voiceover and that, if that one, once that's enabled that reads out to the national and regional weather forecast and the other text page, text forecast pages. And it also reads out the, the warning section with its three-day warning tabs, uh, so they're accessible and the text for the warnings reads out and you can uh, go through the buttons for each day and read the warnings for each day, which is very extremely informative. Um, yeah. And on that page, you can also subscribe to receive push notifications for weather warnings for your county or other chosen county or any amount of counties uh, through the, the My Warnings button. Uh, so whenever a weather warning is issued, uh, the push notification for it comes out almost immediately and your phone's reader software can read out the push notification text and that tells, tells uh, the person all, most of, pretty much all the key information about the weather warning that's uh, coming, that's been issued, yeah. um, so the, which is very useful. Uh, the software also reads out the details, um, the daily detailed forecast for, for location and might be familiar with get a forecast for Burr or Galway or whatever, uh, you can see the hourly forecast. So that uh, reads out the weather elements of each of those for each hour. And um, say people with low vision might be able to view the weather map as well, which shows where yeah. the recent rainfall is with the radar. And these maps have a high, very high colour resolution and you can also pinch and zoom into an area. So they, they may, some users, some service users might be able to see um, the area of the, the rainfall coming into their area nearby. Yeah, very good. And also the rainfall forecast map. Yeah, very good. So that's kind of that's given just a, a, a kind of brief overview of the the app and the accessibility there. What about the the website? What can you tell us about maybe the features and the accessibility on the website? Yeah, so the features that uh, so Metair website uh, is a great resource. Uh, visitors to the to Met.ie can can access the latest also the national and regional weather forecast, which also displays UV and pollen forecast in summer, uh, which I might add is also on the app as well in the regional forecast section. And in the say the website headers, the top row in the navy, and that that will display if there's a weather warning issued by the icon. And when you click on that, it goes to the warnings page, which lists and describes the warnings that are in effect for each day. So you have the three-day, a similar setup there with the three-day tabs divided into what day they occur. And the website also has, as well as the app, actually, a handy geolocation access feature whereby you can allow it to generate an hourly the detailed weather forecast for your location where the, the, your phone or your, your app or your, your computer is for up yeah. to seven days ahead. And you can also use the search function to search for location, another location and it can store those locations so you can access them then again if you go to a few places regularly, for example. 
And for people with low vision as well, you have the weather map there, which plays again plays the recent weather forecast and graphics for Ireland for the, the radar and the rainfall forecast with the same high resolution map you can zoom in. And it's also on the website has other products as well, such as like satellite images of Ireland and Europe. Uh, you can also read a full list of the weather station readings from today and yesterday and go back to the hours of the, all the reports of the weather stations there. Uh, there's surface analysis charts, marine forecasts, farming commentary, uh, we have our Met News articles, which we will just put a new article in every week nearly. And yeah. there's a wealth of meteorological resource information in the climate education and science menus as well. Excellent. So yeah, accessibility, so, uh, yeah. The, yeah, people with sight loss who visit Metsati and they can, if you use the screen reader software, it'll tell them pretty much straight away that there's an alternative version available. And that brings them to the accessible forecast page. So that's the page specially set up that reads out the national and regional text forecast at the top. And the region will be set by whatever location they have in the uh, that the website is picking them up in. And also on the same page, you can see uh, under that there's uh, links to each day's hourly forecast, what we call the outlook. And when you click, when each of those are clicked, it shows a vertical version of the hourly detailed weather forecast. So that is developed to be screen reader compatible. And uh, that software also reads out the header uh, when the, the, the screen reader should read out the header and that will immediately tell if there's a weather warning issued and it'll also give the latest weather report for that location, which is nice to see what the, the recent weather is. And um, yeah, our yeah. website has achieved the, the WPAG level 2 AA web accessibility standards. So uh, to ensure that our web pages are accessible and we have alternative text description and the images on the static web pages as well. Excellent. Yeah, brilliant. So some really good resources already um, for being able to to get a good good picture in a, in a lot of different ways through the app and through the, the website. We're going to just kind of move on to something that's a bit newer and talk about the podcast. I know this is going to be something that's going to be appealing to, to a lot of our listeners as well. Uh, just maybe tell us a little bit about the podcast. Yeah, so uh, I really got bored with the popularity of the whole podcast, uh, of, of podcasts in general. So we, we actually have yeah. three series now. And the first one was the, the Met Air podcast. And we're in season two of that. There's 17 episodes. And it's a, it's a long form discussion type podcast on weather and climate issues, which of course are so topical now. And that's hosted yeah. by two of our meteorologists. And we also produced an Irish version of that podcast called Pod Creole and Met Aaron. But last August, we launched a new daily audio weather forecast podcast. And it's simply called Weather Forecast from Ed Aaron. Uh, so it's easy to search on your players. Uh, it's a handy daily weather forecast recorded by our forecasters in Ed Aaron HQ. Uh, it's about two minutes long and very convenient way to find out the weather forecast for today, tonight, tomorrow, and the days ahead. Yeah, very good. How, how often did you say that was updated? Like how regularly yeah, so, is that uh, updated? Yeah, so the staff in, in, in Ed Aaron office, we work the forecasters work 24-7-365, so this podcast is it's updated three times every day, so it'll be updated by 6am, 1pm and 6pm, and it'll the forecaster will tell, tell you the national forecast for all of Ireland and will also mention any weather warnings that may have been issued. Very good. I feel like it'll add to the appeal of our show now, our podcast, if we actually play the latest of the, the uh, weather forecast. What what more can you ask for than to get the, the weather forecast on our live event as well? So we're going to listen to, yeah. to the most recent one so that people have a bit of a sense of what, what uh, way that comes across. Great. 
Good afternoon from Met Heron. This is Deirdre Lowe and here's the national forecast issued on Tuesday the 9th of November. We got up to 17 degrees yesterday in Dublin and parts of the southeast. It will turn a bit cooler over the next couple of days with then wet and windy weather following on later in the week. So for the rest of today, rather cloudy in southern and southeastern parts with some patchy drizzle and a mist. Brighter and mainly dry elsewhere with sunny spells, but passing. Oh, very good. Very good. I think that just got cut yeah. off in the middle of it, but uh, yeah, we've got a sense of how that that works. How long are the podcasts usually? How how long are those ones? Yeah, usually about two minutes long. Very good. Excellent. Yeah, so a couple of minutes long usually. So it's not a it's not a long, very very detailed forecast, but it's given you exactly what what you need um, um, at yeah, the so at the time, is it? Yeah. Okay. Can you hear me? Yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah. Go Sorry, ahead. Sorry, I don't know if I can talk. Yeah. 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 Work away. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, no, no, just just on that, um, as Joanne said, it's a forecast for the rest of today, tonight, and we give a full week ahead, so yeah. we can say a lot in 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 sixty seconds. So it's about a minute and a half, as Joanne said, two minutes long, but it gives a full week ahead, including. Yeah. The following weekend it's basically everything that anybody needs to know right there isn't it it's like it's um quite, yeah quite simple yeah quite straightforward to get the key information across in in that amount of time as well so, people, so it's a, a, yeah. an excellent resource thank yeah. you yeah no people can sign up and you can get notifications um yeah so i get them coming in so you know just to remind me and also people can get notifications on their phone for warnings as well. You know, they can sign up for their own particular county, you know, um, and especially, yeah. you know, with people with sight loss or that. I mean, there, well, there you know, as, as joking earlier, we can all see the danger in every weather situation. But, you know, hopefully yeah, these, yeah. Give you, these, these forecasts give you the, the very latest. So just before you pop out, you can listen to that and are indeed get, you know, um, yeah, you don't get what's expected later in the evening or whatever. Exactly, yeah, and it's it's not just the daily one. You get it three times in the day, so it's updated, and uh, you'll know yeah, you'll have the the latest information, which is great. Yeah. yeah, just tell us for for those how you can actually how somebody can access uh, the that that podcast, the weather forecast from Matt Aaron. So maybe we'll come back to yeah, yeah. Joanne for that. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, weather for if weather for if they search weather forecast from Matt Aaron on any all podcast players, they'll find it. Uh, it's on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, it's on Spotify, Stitcher, and many more players. Uh, so it's also on our website. If you go to met.ie and choose forecast menu and click on listen to the weather forecast, and that page has a player on it that'll have the latest recording there. And uh, if, if anyone yeah. has their own website or dashboard or products, uh, they could add the podcast there as a player by using the RSS free for it, feed for it. Um, and that can be, that's available on, by searching for our podcast on our website called audioboom.com. Uh, I think you may, if you want, you could add it to your newsletter maybe, if that might be useful to. Excellent. Yeah, so we can, yeah, we'll put the link in into the newsletter there as well, so people know where to get that. What about if um, somebody is using maybe a smart speaker? Yeah, they're, they're so convenient. They're just fantastic. Uh, so, yeah, you can listen to the latest podcast by calling it on your smart speaker. 
and they usually, you know, handy, convenient ways to access the podcast, say something you're at home, multitasking, and you just think, oh gosh, I want to know what the weather forecast is, so you don't have to pick yeah. up a phone or go online or anything. Uh, you yeah. can just call out to your particular hey Google or hey Alexa, uh, play weather mm. forecast from Medair, and it will play the most recent recording. So with Alexa, you may have to enable a scale on it, which I'm sure Alexa users will be familiar with themselves by now. Um, yeah. Which is great. Yeah, very good. Excellent. So that'll work nicely for the smart speakers. Sometimes for the smartphones, the kind of the um, AI on the smartphones work a tiny bit differently. Will that work with Siri, for example, or the Google Assistant on a smartphone? Yeah, it works with Siri. So um, you call up Siri and they play weather forecast from Ed Aaron. And I think the same with, with that and Google Assistant. I think it might ask you to confirm your default podcast player. The first time but then once you've done it the first time it should call it up again and uh, it will play it it will play the most recent episode straight away when you say that again play Excellent. weather forecast from that Aaron. yeah very good well it's it's brilliant to have that resource <laughs> yeah, and to have it great. so um well kind of accessible and for people to be able to find it so easily i think we've had uh, one of our listeners has already found it and tried yeah. it out that's right, Jude. Um, we had Martin Kelly on from Newbridge, and he's listening. Just opened the um, comment. Just opened the Met Aaron podcast. Well done all around. So, very positive okay. feedback already from one of our service right. users who's tried it out. Oh, brilliant. That's fantastic. Very good. Great to hear. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 So that's uh, again just a, a handy thing to make sure that you're getting the the up to date podcast. So really, really useful podcast to be able to to access and, and great that uh, there's so much work going into accessibility with those as well. Yeah. And Jude, I, Jude, I just want to say if if any our listeners there, you know, if they've any ideas or you know any suggestions there, Joanne, Joanne is very good at following up on this. So yeah. you know, if if there's anything, they'd, any features they'd like. Uh, yeah. Right, Great. Yeah. yeah. Maybe maybe you can give us your contact details now, and we'll we'll repeat them as well at the, the end of the interview as well. But just uh, how would somebody get in in touch if they have some feedback? Yeah, do indeed. That'd be great if you can email us on digital queries at mesh.ie. Excellent. Yeah. So if there's if there's any more feedback, and I'm sure yeah, you you want both the good and the bad. <laughs> Yeah, very good. Well, I'd say you'll get plenty of good feedback from that as well. So it's a, a great resource to have. Just um, maybe we can come back to Evelyn for a moment. We mentioned earlier that there was two podcasts available. One is the short one and it's the current forecast, but the other one is kind of focusing on wider issues. I know some of the wider issues are are quite actually quite interesting to, to talk about. I noticed some of the ones on the the longer podcast are things like how climate influences yeah. the spread of disease or the impact of weather <laughs> on food growth. There's a few different subjects. I know one that, that you were we were chatting about um before was how how um coming into storm season how the storms oh, are in. Yeah. That's quite an interesting one. Yeah, um, yeah, people have really taken to as naming storms. So again, um, if you know, people can send me in their suggested names. We have our names for this <laughs> year, but uh, I'm always looking for, you know, good Irish names, but reasonably easily pronounceable. Um, 
certainly for the first 10 letters of the alphabet anyway. Now, you might wonder why I'm saying that. Well, yeah. hopefully we won't we won't get more than 10 storms on a year. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I leave later on in the alphabet for the more interesting, we'll say, names. So, for example, last year, uh, Joanna and myself had Sivine in. So, so that got a good uh, raised eyebrow from our English colleagues. So they were all they were certainly hoping we didn't get as far as Sivine. But um, so we we. We only started naming storms in 2015, but I mean, storm naming goes back to the age of the great explorers, uh, you know, crossing the Atlantic in the trade winds and they met the hurricanes. So, you know, they used to name the hurricanes after the saint, uh, you know, the yeah. saint's day. But um, <clears throat> of course, that was retrospective. Nowadays, we try and name the storm before it strikes you. <laughs> and really, it's for engagement with warnings. So, you know, it's not, you know, we have a bit of fun with it, you know, at the beginning yeah, of yeah. the year. But of course, it, a storm can be deadly, unfortunately, and it can cause damage. And, you know, for people with um, loss of sight as well, I mean, you know, tr branches and that can cause obstructions, of course, you know. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, yeah. it's obviously quite important. But um, we'll only name a storm if we expect uh, orange level warnings that we're going to issue that over a wide area. Now, we get a lot of, by orange level, it's greater than 110 kilometres per hour. You know, stormy gusts. And we get yes, them yeah. a lot of the time in the winter on the west coast and over mountains. But um, we'll name it if we expect it to penetrate inland and over a wide you know, county or counties. The worst storm we ever get is when the storm centre actually crosses Ireland and we get a very scary sounding rapid cyclogenesis. The cyclogenesis is just really the genesis of a cyclone. A cyclone is a low pressure system, you know, cyclone. Yeah. So yeah. if that actually crosses Ireland, that's the most serious storm. So we get a lot passing between Ireland and Iceland and up towards Scotland, you know, that kind of way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that it sounds quite interesting. It sounds like it's the sort of thing, like you say, you could nearly have a, a bit of fun with it and a bit of mischief, but you kind of know what the, the consequences are as well. So it probably limits the amount that you can that you can do well, that really. But yeah, it's an interesting thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah at, the, at the beginning of the season, you know, especially when we announce the names, and you know, people write in to me with names. It's like lovely, and kids send in lovely pictures and. Yeah. I can send John a few if you like. So, you know, and, you know, I get some very nice letters from people who maybe had a, a hard year, you know, and maybe have been sick or whatever. And so, yeah, yeah. I just, if you named Evan, if you named the storm after me, you know, now, whether yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. or my grandchild or whatever. Now, what do you want a violent, destructive force of nature named after your grandchild is another thing, but. <laughs> um, <laughs> You, uh, I'd we'll love, I'd we'll love to be in some of the homes and see how many people are nodding and shaking their heads at this stage. <laughs> Although I, I, last year, like my hair, only named one storm, Storm Maiden, but um, yeah. there's, there's yeah. lots of different spellings. So I, I got a bit of grief from a few Aidens who said I didn't spell it right, you know. So look, Aidens, Aiden, you know, give me a break. Yeah. It was storm damage. That's what happened. Uh, <laughs> I tell you, good. do you know what? I was reminded of something. <laughs> I was reminded of something just before we came on on air that uh, that we actually have our own Met Aaron volunteer on the team. Daniel is actually oh. doing a bit of um, volunteering for Met Aaron. I'm not sure exactly what the, the role involves, Daniel. 
Hiya, Jude. Hi, Evelyn. Um, Hi, John. Yeah, my, my little role is in the south of County Leash. I have the Stevenson screening and the rain buckets and the soil temperatures and the grass uh, temperatures recording. So uh, my my role is recording that every morning and logging it and sending it back up to you guys above in oh, headquarters. You're one of our volunteer observers. That's right, that's right, yeah. Uh, thank you so much. Well, seriously. Sorry, it's very hard to talk on the phone there. Sorry, yeah. Daniel, thank you very much. Uh, no, genuinely, we really appreciate it because remember I was saying earlier, there's uh, 10,000 observations around the, the world. So you're, you're one of those. And, you know, the more observations, the more accurate the observations, the more accurate will be the forecast. So is it, what is your station called? It's in Durham. English. Oh yeah, sure. I know you. I know it, Jay. Yeah, of course yeah. you do. Yeah, yeah. That's a great station. Of course I know it, Jay. Well, of course I'm a leash woman myself, so I am biased. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Very good. Uh, brilliant. That's. Um, so are you on the Wow? Are you registered on the Wow system? I am. Yeah, I've um, my yeah. automatic station recording there, as well as the manual observations as well. So. Um, Still waiting to find out is our 31.2 degrees in July the oh. hottest this year. <laughs> Have we claimed so, a tidy? Oh, uh, Joanne, you might tell them about the wild, the wild weather. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say this is going to be something that comes back to bite Daniel on his next introduction to the show. It's going to be Daniel's on the <laughs> the wild factor. No, actually, no. No, yeah. I'll joke aside. I know Daniel's yeah. station is excellent. I mean, we use it because um, there's no, Metairn don't have a full weather station, you know, in every county. So that's why yeah. we, we rely on these high quality observations. But Joanne got in this well system, is it two, three years in now, I think? It's about that, two or three now, yeah. So uh, it's, it actually uses the, the, the UK Met Office weather observations website shortened to wow database and uh, people who have a, a, an automatic weather station that has you know capability to upload to the internet they can sign up on the wow website and upload their data and it will automatically update every 15 minutes uh, to the database and we, we set up a website where you can view that data so if you click on i think it's wow.net.ie uh, it's on our, our main website as well uh, but yeah. you can see whenever it opens up you see uh, a list of circles over the map of Ireland with numbers in them and that's the temperature that's so every time you open it you can see this is the latest temperature in Ireland right now which is really nice and it's the colour scale to it and you have there's an archive you can go back through past dates and you can look up rainfall totals since midnight uh, wind speed and direction from the different stations uh, pressure and well, I'll have to check it again yeah. I think as well and you can yeah. look up all so reports I've just looked up Duro there now, so the Duro. Mm. It's uh, very mild, 12 degrees in Duro at the moment at your station, Daniel. Thank you. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's very interesting. You can look back, especially when there's been a rainfall event, because you can see the last, and also there's a five-day forecast for each station in there. So that's worth it if anyone has a few hours to kill someday. Yes, it's, I've actually come in across that site now a couple of times itself. Um, you know, it's very, very informative and it kind of gives you right up to the minute snapshot all around the country. Um, you know, yeah. it's, it's a very extensive coverage, um, so this is quite good. 
and it's a mixture of the Metairn official stations and yeah. uh, uh, voluntary, you know, stations like yourself. And yeah. like we need them all. We need the more the merrier. Uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, it's very mild day, 12 to 4, 15 at the moment. The highest is in Cork. I'm just looking at it here. Very mild. Now, you know why, uh, Jude, it's mild today and it'll be cold another day? Do you know the difference between why, with the say, two consecutive days, one day can be mild and then the following day can be cold? Do you know why? I feel like, I feel like any answer <laughs> I give would reveal my ignorance. No, no, <laughs> no, no, no. Not Go at all. So, sure, we all, nobody can know everything. <laughs> Um, Absolutely, I'm living proof. <laughs> I'm, so I'm almost the, the other um, side of it. Nobody, I can't so know anything sometimes. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you see, say, so given two consecutive days, the sun has the same strength, right? So it's not the mm. sun. So um, the sun actually doesn't heat heat the air. I mean, people are a bit shocked by this because you know you've gotten a sunny day and your face feels warm. Well, that's because the sun is heating your face. It's not heating mm. the air. So the mm. sun heats the ground and it's the ground that heats the air. So the air, so when the wind blows down over Ireland from the Arctic, it's cold air that's blowing down. So it can yeah. be lovely and sunny, but if the air is coming from the north, it's cold. Whereas it can be cloudy and the air is coming from the south and it can feel warmer. So it's, it's this is what we call an air mass. So the air picks up the temperature of the ground that travels over, you know. Yes, so yeah. What so in Australia, for example, a southerly wind is freezing because it's coming up from the Antarctic. So yes, <laughs> it's the yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I, I, I used to wonder um, in Australia, does Santa, did Santa Claus come from the Antarctic, or did he, you know, did he have to come all around from the North Pole? But I'm reliably informed he still comes down from the North Pole down to Australia. That's what they say anyway, who knows? <laughs> Do you know what? When you start getting into subjects like that, you can definitely tell your passion <laughs> for the subject. <laughs> it's, Ireland, it's actually a really Ireland, interesting subject, isn't it? There's so many areas you can go into it. Yeah, but one other thing now. Do you know that I'm really putting you on the spot here now? <laughs> I, I bet Daniel will be able to answer this now. The difference between, between rain and showers. Come on, Daniel, show me up here. Come okay, on. I, I, I have an answer that my uncle used, used to always say, and he says, if it doesn't rain between the showers, it'll be fine. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, excellent. Well, I tell you what, I wish we could talk longer, because it's, uh, but it's a, a really interesting kind of conversation. Good to be able to chat to you to you both today, yeah. Evelyn and Joanne. Thank and uh, certainly when we, we talk about some of the provisions that are there as well, Al although the subject is is wide, the communication of, of the, that information is really important. So being able to have the app and the we website and then this this uh, new podcast as well, uh, all having uh, really good accessibility features is uh, is really important as well. So thank you very much for that. Just uh, just oh, before we great. say goodbye, can can we just double check the contact information again? Yes, that's certainly welcome. Uh, feedback and suggestions. Uh, you can email us on digital.queries at met.ie. Brilliant. Very good. Um, well, thank you very yeah, much. Uh, yeah. I just want to say, um, you know, I, I, I love listening to podcasts. So, you know, as you said, there's a lot there going back, you know, uh, the longer form one as well. 
So, you know, yeah. if, you, if you find it hard to sleep at night, put on, sure, you know, your, your friends and met Aaron and put on one of the podcasts and we can learn a bit about the weather and, and fall asleep. That's the end of fall asleep. <laughs> well, great to chat to you. Uh, Evelyn okay. Cusack and Thanks Joanne so Walker from Met Aaron. Appreciate you coming on you. and uh, giving us Thank a good you. overview. Thanks very much, Bye. Guys. Thank you very much. Bye, dude. Very good. So that was a, an interesting conversation there and uh, great to have that new podcast as well. Really easily accessible and nice to, to have it updated so regularly as well. So what we're going to do now is uh, we're going to move on to our next subject, but just um, with, with this subject, what we might do, I think we've, we're having the day for a, a few different um, technical problems with this, so I'm not sure if we'll get our, our uh, end user review. But what we might do is just start off the conversation anyway, give a bit of an overview. And uh, if we get to hear from Fergal, that'll be a, a bonus on that as well. Maybe we can just start off. Um, Daniel, could I come to you again just on this? Um, we were going to be talking about the, the ORCAM with uh, Fergal, if, he, if he's able to make it. Um, can you just describe to us, just for anybody who hasn't heard of DiorCam, what what is that device? What what does it do? Okay, so yes, DiorCam, uh, dude, is uh, it's actually a very very clever piece of technology, and uh, it's been it's been around a little while now, a couple of years. Um, the first instance when they brought out DiorCam originally. Um, I suppose the, the camera part of it would, uh, would clip on to an existing pair of glasses or to give you a pair of glasses in, in the in the box with the with the device. And yeah. um, it had this cable going on to a kind of a pack, maybe the size of a bag of sugar, but uh, maybe not as thick. And that would kind of maybe clip onto your belt and that was the battery and battery and the kind of the process and unit of it. Um, and what, what it did then was, as you moved about, um, you know, if you pointed at objects, it would, uh, there's a camera obviously on, on your glasses, would take a photograph of that and try and interpret what was there, whether it was text or describe an object or a barcode or something like that, or even someone's face that, that could be uh, preloaded and set up into it. Um, so that was the first ARCAM that came out. And the newer ones now that have done away with that, um, uh, external pack so everything now is done within the camera unit itself and it's so small it's about the size of your little finger and it just mm. sits on to the side the side of again your existing glasses are the are the demonstration frame that they give included in the box um so it really it really really is amazing that you know they've brought the size of a background and made it so so compact and yeah. the arcam yeah as as I've done before, you know, you can use it for reading texts, you can use it for doing barcodes, um, identifying currency, um, you can use it to describe the scene in front of you, you know, maybe describe the room and things like that. So there's plenty of plenty of features on, on the ORCAM. Um, now while you try and describe you know what it sees in front of you like it's it's an overview it's not going to be very very detailed or anything like that so it's not going to be you know as good as somebody standing beside you and saying hey look out actually there's a there's a drop in the curb there or something like that you're not going to kind of get that level of detail out of it um, yes, yeah. which is important to i suppose point out i don't think there's any technology yet that's quite that good 
Yeah. Um, you know, maybe identifying minor little trip hazards or something like that. Um, but I suppose that's something that might come in the future. But the ARCAM, um, you know, as as a as a guide and an aid, uh, you know, for reading newspapers, reading the mail. Uh, you know, you get a letter in the mail, um, maybe from the doctor or the HSE telling you you have an appointment coming up. Uh, yeah. You know, to read all that back and do a great job of it. And just, it just thinking, yeah. just from from your description there, Daniel. Um, for for anybody who's familiar with some of the, you know, the way there's some of the apps actually do similar things. Is it the same sort of idea? For example, uh, if you've got like. Google Lookout or seeing AI, um, is it similar functions obviously presented in a different way? So there's key differences, yes. important differences, but yeah, the, the yeah, yeah. Function it, is it, sort of similar, isn't it? Yeah, the functionality will be quite similar between uh, what the apps uh, can deliver and what the Arcam uh, itself can deliver, and indeed some of the other brands that are out there as well. Um, another thing as well to point out is it doesn't need a live internet connection, so it'll work uh, straight out of the box. Um, yeah. Now, in fairness, Google Lookout will do it as well, um, but um, the seeing AI doesn't. Seeing AI requires uh, an active internet connection to, um, you know, to convert its text, uh, you know, for the OCR part for you. So there are some bonuses in the likes of maybe the R camera, the Google Lookout over uh, what CNAI can do. Yes. Um, yeah. But yeah, you know the fact yeah. that it's so portable, it frees up your two hands. You know, you think yeah. if you're if you're relying on on the apps, like you're going to have to hold a smartphone or a tablet in your hand, um, whereas the R cam is sitting there, ready to be used whenever you want. It's on demand. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and I think that's a fairly key. Um, extra yeah. sort of benefit from from a device like that. What it might do, I just noticed there, I think we might have Fergal with us yeah. at the moment. You so press star and six, I think it is on mute. Right, so if we have, yeah, if we have Fergal, if you're able to one, yeah. press star and six and hopefully we'll get a chance to talk to Fergal. Yeah. We'll, we'll wait with bated breath while we see if that works. <laughs> and. Uh, and if not, what we might do, it, I don't think it's it's going to be working just at the moment. What we might do is just um, mention one or two of the other options that are out there. So we talked there about the OrCam and we'll come back to Fergal if he's able to join us in a moment. But yeah. these this idea of something that's wearable and um, being able to be hands free, OrCam isn't mm. the only iteration of that, is it? It's not. No, no, it's not. Um, there are Envision glasses out there as well. Um, which are very, you know, to, they're very similar in functionality and what to do um, as, as the RCAM. Um, the Envision again, like they have their own uh, kind of frames, whereas the RCAM will sit onto existing frames, I suppose. So, um, yeah, but it does similar things like out, you know, out and about for a walk or whatever. It'll, describe describe around what's around you uh, again the envision has capabilities for face recognition um, there's also yeah. you know object recognition color detection light detection um, 
and one thing I noticed that you can do on the Envision glasses is if you've come across information before, you can export the text from the glasses. And so I'm presuming that goes back to an app or goes back onto a PC. I haven't actually looked yeah. into how it does it, but it says it does do it. Um, yes. yeah. So yeah, that's um, that's another one that's out there. Um, so both of those just just kind of the similarity there is that they're kind of um, they'll they'll be audio. You'll be getting audio feedback yes. pretty much all the time, won't you? Yeah, that's that's uh, correct. That's correct. Are there some out there as well? Because I I've kind of heard of the odd the odd set of uh, glasses that are they they sound really interesting. Sometimes it can be maybe something that that the impact of it when you hear about it is is even greater than what necessarily it can do or how how many applications it has but there are some glasses out there as well that are kind of trying to actually let somebody see more than they'd normally be able to see through the the function that they've got yeah the eSight glasses um these are these are another um device that's out on the market now these are over eye and what they did they cover your eyes completely and what they have is um they have screens they have two twin screens um, that portray back on onto you know to take advantage of your resistant vision. Um, yeah. You know if you're if you still have some uh, usable vision like these these might be a solution for you. And to have a camera then mounted on the outside of that. So what it what it's doing is it's taking it's putting the work um, onto the camera to bring clarity back to the screen at a distance that your that your eyes may be able to um view things so yeah uh for all for, you know for all of our like we're all probably guilty of it we might say a little bit too close to tv because we might want to see things a little bit more uh in more detail so this effectively is putting a, ca a live camera going and putting the feed straight back in front of your eyes at a very close distance on to uh to binocular screens, I suppose, is the best way of describing them. Yeah, so good good for people to kind of know that there's that difference there as well between the, the actual mm -hmm. function. They're not exactly, they're not kind of completely competitors as such because they perform something completely different. And actually, there's there's even kind of more mainstream options in a way, isn't there? There's like adaptations you could make with some of the, the other sort of uh, glasses that are out there that add a couple of functions to it that mightn't be for somebody with low vision, but actually they can be adapted quite nicely. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true indeed. Um, like, um, you know, for example, like just going back to the eSight ones, the eSight 4, like um, people use them to sit down and play computer games and things like that. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. So, so just plenty of um, different ways that can be deployed to you know to, to make something that was um you know a, a chore or a burden maybe to do before something that's turning into something pleasurable to do now you know yeah yeah interesting yeah very good so that's the that's the the e-site as well what about things like um these ones i know that both have a set of is it ar frames or something something similar that have basically it's almost like bluetooth speakers in the the frames themselves. So in a way, you're just talking about a set of headphones, as far as I understand it. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah, Bose have um, these Bluetooth audio sunglasses, and um, yeah, they're they're um, they're Bluetooth enabled. So you you link them in as well as with your with your phone if you're out and about, and maybe your your um, 
maybe you're using an existing app like Soundscape or something like that, um, you know, which would be ideal for for something yeah. for something like this, uh, rather than having, um, you know, headphones. Uh, yeah. And I suppose as we all think of our in-ear earpods uh, that we have at the moment, and they can in effect kind of block the world going and from going around you. Um, you know, so you could um, you could invest in a pair of these Bose frames. You know, excellent excellent sound quality. Uh, that looks you know they look the part and deliver the audio from your phone straight straight to your ear as well. And so they're not a million miles away from um, what our bone conductive headphones do. Um, yeah. you know, but you have the added advantage that you're getting um, sun sunglasses as well. Yeah, so any of those kind of apps that somebody has, navigation apps or soundscape yeah. or anything like that, very useful. Um, what we might do, I think, um, we'll, we'll revisit this subject anyway. I think that's maybe a bit of an overview. It doesn't look as if we'll be able to get Fergal with us uh, for today. What we might do is revisit this subject of smart glasses as well, because I think people will have maybe just even from from what we were talking about there, there'll be kind of favorites that people have, whether it's yeah. your cam or the Envision that somebody's tried, they might just like one over the other. So if anybody mm. does have experience, we'd love to hear from them and um, maybe we can have a bit of a, a debate about the pros and cons of each at some point in the future. Absolutely. Yeah, it's and like there is a there's a, a good a good bit of stuff out there in that in that realm, I suppose, and you know, to come back and I think today just to have a little overview of it, um, you know, just to kind of outline what these devices do and then maybe to go in a little bit more in depth at a, at a date in the future would definitely be a, a good call, Drew. Brilliant. Very good. So we'll do that. We'll make sure to, to bring that back in. Of course, we'll uh, try and make sure that we get a, an opportunity to talk to Fergal again at some mm, point. I was looking and, forward uh, to we'll have Fergal. Like, yeah, I think it's it's going to be an interesting one to chat to okay. Fergal. Very story so, uh, here, yeah. Yeah, so even if we can't get it today, it's something to to look forward to anyway. But thanks for helping us out with that, Daniel. Appreciate that. No and, problem. Uh, bit of an overview there of different types of what you might call smart glasses. I think that's got a wider term as well, but it's kind of uh, applicable, I think, for for these as well. So that pretty much brings the show to to a close today. Hopefully you've enjoyed the discussions that we've had there. Please do let us know if there's anything that you'd like us to cover in the future as well. There might be just letting you know in advance there might be one or two little changes to the format um, going from at the start of January next year. So we'll let you know a little bit more about that in the coming shows as well. For uh, if you if you want to uh, be able to access any technology support and assistance from the labs team here, you can contact us on uh, 1800-911-110 or you can email labs at ncbi.ie. Or if you want to avail, avail of wider uh, NCBI services, you can call 1850 4353 or you can email info at ncbi.ie. And of course, we always appreciate your support of NCBI. If you'd like to make a donation to help support our services, you can do that through donate.ncbi.ie. Just before we go, just a reminder of what we'll be talking about in future live events. We will make sure to come back to that subject of smart glasses and uh, the various different types and hopefully get a chance to talk to Fergal. But we're also going to be talking to uh, Leonie Watson. Now, I don't know if you've uh, maybe seen some of Leonie's uh, lectures that she does on, on YouTube. We're going to have a chance to talk to Leonie. She's an expert in uh, accessibility and just uh, design standards, really making sure that 
accessibility and inclusivity are principles that are uh, very much inherent in design. So it'd be interesting to chat to Leone. We'll also be talking about the Black Friday sales. Uh, it's that time of year again, so it's kind of uh, that's going to be a, a subject that we've covered last year. Um, but we'll maybe pick up on one or two things that are coming uh, that we can expect to see in the Black Friday sales. And of course, we're going to talk about the blind shell too as well. And uh, that's something that uh, I think will be very impressive for people to uh, blind shell classic. The, the first blind shell uh, had some some really good reviews and people found it very, very useful. So that'll be interesting to talk about that as well. A reminder that our next show is in two weeks time, Tuesday, November the 23rd at the usual time of 2.30 p.m. And if you want to stay up to date with what's happening in our live events, as well as plenty more, you can subscribe to our newsletter on our website or you can email us at labs at ncbi.ie if you'd like to do that. We'll make sure to include those links that were mentioned earlier in our uh, interview with Evelyn and Joanne. Uh, we'll make sure that we have those as well. So all that's left for me to do today is to thank our guests Evelyn Cusack, Joanne Walker, and uh, hopefully we'll get to talk to Fergal Foley again in the future. But of course, thanks to everyone listening in as well. And from JP, Daniel and myself, goodbye for now. And we look forward to having you all back with us soon for another NCBI Labs live event.